Another short episode today. This one is a brief summary of the book Dead Company Walking by Scott Fearon. Fearon is a short seller. Well, he's not a short seller. He's a short, long manager. And he goes to point out in the book that he balances these two options, these two ways to position a portfolio based on the environment. So if there's more good deals one way or the other, he tends to go that way. And he he points out in the book that if you're going to manage money, if you're going to succeed, you have to be different than what other people are. You have to be a cynic. You have to be skeptical. You have to be somebody that's not willing to go along with the crowd. And in his book, Dead Company Walking, he lays out how he approaches that kind of thinking, what he looks for in a company's. And though he structures the book in six chapters, six big ideas, there was some themes that really ran through those ideas. And one of them was that you have to be there. You have to go and you talk to talk to business owners and you have to go and talk to customers. And if you go there, if you get out of the office, if you move away from the Excel screens, then you're going to see other things. An early mentor named Stephen Mandel said, quote, Get up and go outside. You'll learn more in five minutes of talking to somebody at a company than you will in a week of crunching its numbers, end quote. So, Kieran would often go out and talk to managers, he would talk to customers, he would walk around the stores, and he would see how things were. He would try to get an objective view of the situation rather than what GAP or non-GAP accounting numbers they were providing. If you go there, though, you have to realize that business owners will only present things with a positivity multiple. And you have to figure out if they're drinking the Kool-Aid, and if they are, how drunk they really are. Fearon has many examples in the book of, of companies that were really in a bad situation, companies that were heading towards bankruptcy, and they either didn't realize it or they couldn't admit it. And so if you're going to talk to somebody that owns a business, or talk to somebody in a relationship, or talk to any kind of person, you have to think, what kind of a multiple are they presenting? Dating websites would be a good example to look at and think of what kind of outgoing multiple is this person presented or what kind of attractiveness multiple is put on this photo. And, and we all do this. We all present things in a certain manner based on how we see the world, the, the, the type of personality that we're wearing for the day. And it helps to just be aware that people are doing that. As Fearon would talk to owners, he realized that a big red flag was owners that didn't take ownership. Owners that were either psychologically distant or physically distant from their customers and from their operations. One company he talks about sold lumber and drywall, and the company did really well during one of the housing booms in the United States. And so as this company succeeded, they upgraded their offices, and eventually the CEO or the compliance professional that meets with investors um, had a meeting with Fearon and they, they met in this beautiful office in San Francisco that overlooked the bay and it was high enough up that um, you could just you could see all around and, and, and Fearon says he's, he's like what are you guys doing here you you're a company that sells drywall and lumber you shouldn't have some of the most expensive office real estate in the country. And the CEO at the time didn't seem to take these considerations um, 
appropriately. And eventually that company would move back to either Idaho or Wyoming where they were more centered on the work they do. So owners that aren't attentive, they don't have their hand on their tiller, not that they're spinning the ship around, but just they aren't aware of how the conditions may be changing. One bias or mental hurdle that Fearon had to get over was the idea of his own fandom. There are some things that we all think are great. We, don't have, we all have our own preferences, but just because we have a preference for something doesn't mean it's a good business. Just because a product is good doesn't mean it's a good investment. Fearon uh, learned this lesson the very hard way when he opened a gumbo restaurant in Marion County, uh, California. And I didn't realize this at the time, but this sounds like a very, not stodgy, but sort of set in their ways, older demographic that doesn't necessarily want spicy gumbo from the Deep South, even though it's some of Fearon's favorite food. And that restaurant ultimately went out of business, and there was a traditional restaurant that went in its place that just sold hamburgers and steaks and french fries and baked potatoes, and that restaurant is doing fine. But when Fearon took his food concept to Berkeley, California, people were much more open to that. So he started to know his customers. He started to understand what they wanted. And another example of understanding customers, Fearon met with the CEO or CFO of Continental Airlines. And, and the gentleman he met with there was saying that Continental had to get out of the ham sandwich business. And, and what he meant was that legacy, character, legacy carriers like Delta and United could charge high prices because business travelers used those operations and they were able to expense what they were doing. So they didn't have actually have to pay for the tickets themselves, the businesses would. And there was this new carrier called Southwest that was around who was offering really low fares and Continental was stuck in the middle. They weren't a legacy character. They weren't nice enough for people to fly business class on, but they weren't cheap enough for people to choose over Southwest. And so they had to go through a bankruptcy proceedings to get out of that middle part, get out of, get out of the middle of that sandwich. As Fearon talked to these executives, he realized that words like never, best, biggest, synergy are negative screens. Those are all areas that if somebody says, we're going to do this, or we're going to build this, or we will have this, that you need to watch out for those. Having something that is always the end thing, it might be a form of the winner's curse, where the winner's curse explains that people tend to pay too much because they're the winner, they're the last bidder, and so that's the highest price. And so Fearon has developed this list of things that are negative screens where uh, they create those that's interesting moments where you hear somebody say something and it's like, oh, oh, that's what you think, but I'm not sure that's how the world is, is really uh, going to work. A lot of what made, has made Fearon successful is that he doesn't have an optimism bias. He doesn't get so caught up in believing he can outwork something that he just keeps digging and digging when he finds himself in a hole. In the book, Fearon writes, quote, Quitting is very important when buying and selling stocks, end quote. And, and there's a real flexibility that comes forth in this book. He explains how he gets into situations and out of situations. He explains successes and ex he explains failures. And, and he explains that when you get into a short situation, when you want to short a stock, you don't want to short it 
early on. You want to short it as it's very clearly on its way down. He says that he would much rather buy something when it's at 5 and he thinks it's going to 0 than when it's at 10. And, and you leave something on the table when you do that, but you also are more sure of the directions. Seth Klarman pointed this out when he talked about stocks going up. He says that he may evaluate a stock or his team may evaluate an investment opportunity and think that it's worth 20 when it's only selling for 10. And they'll buy it at 10 and they may get out of that situation when it reaches 18 rather than waiting for it to go to 20 even though that's what they expect because they would rather sell it into a market of plenty buyers. They they would prefer the liquidity at 18 and the realized profits of 8 rather than waiting until 20 and having odds of it not happening or entering an illiquid market. Fearon's book was pretty good. It was a fast read and he points out six mistakes, but I think the ideas of being there and the ideas of knowing your customers, knowing that everyone has a bias, whether they're looking at their business or themselves, and having this flexible mindset to really be patient and wait for the right opportunities were the big keys of his book. If you want to read an investing book, if you want to read an investing book about a short seller, um, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mike's Notes.